following the Denver Broncos' big-time victory on Sunday night football. Who do we hand our game balls out to? Plus, we take a look at the state of the AFC as the Broncos are firmly in control of their destiny and in the playoff hunt. You're going to get all that on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. A special shout out to all the everydayers. We just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange. Com. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sir, the aftermath of a Broncos victory, four straight games. Obviously, we broke down the post game report for those that maybe have missed it. Make sure after this, you go check that out here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But obviously, the Broncos a big time victory. Sunday Night Football, primetime action, four straight games. And while we broke down the biggest story of the game with Russell Wilson's comeback here, we didn't get a handout game ball. So you know what we're going to do today? We're going to hand out game balls in Broncos country as you're listening or watching along here on the show. Make sure you share your game ball selections as well with us in the YouTube comments or on social media at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos here. My friend, how's it going? I mean, here we go. I think like this is just a, an exciting time right now. Who would have thought that right now, considering how the season started for Denver? The excitement now has completely shifted. The energy in Broncos country is much different here. So if we're talking about game balls here, Sarah, we're going to look at offense. We're going to look at defense. And we have an honorary selection we're going to get to a little bit later here. But who gets your game ball when you talk about the offensive side of the ball here for the Broncos? Cody, I think it's got to be the guy that got the ball in the clutch situation, right? When the Broncos needed a big play, when they needed to to punch it into the end zone, they went to Cortland Sutton. They went to number 14. And really, before that, that touchdown catch that he had, remember early on in that drive, the Broncos it looked like they were about to go three and out, potentially punt, try to use their timeouts, get the ball back. No, Sean Payton goes for it on fourth, and I think it was fourth and three in early on in that final drive, and they get the ball to Cortland Sutton on a little uh, broken play from Russell Wilson getting outside the pocket, and he just kind of lofted the ball up, and, and Cortland Sutton getting hit, one arm tugged by the defender reaches out his right hand and makes a catch, not only drawing pass interference, but you know what? We're going to go ahead and decline that penalty because Cortland caught the ball anyway. And so just seeing him make that play to that's those – it's not necessarily, I mean, you kind of consider it a drive starter, right? I mean, although it was on fourth down, but really got that drive going and allowed the Broncos to move the ball down the field to get in position to win the game. So I'm giving a game ball. I've got a, I've got a game ball right here, Cody. I, I reckon this is pretty similar to the ones they give out on Sunday night football there. I'm giving one to Cortland Sutton for the way that he helped close out this game and make clutch plays on that final drive. His eighth touchdown catch of the year. He also had on the left sideline in that game, kind of a similar one-handed catch that, you know, was there in the Green Bay game down the right sideline. But he got it on the left sideline this time, one-handed, corralled it in. I mean, Court's focus and I think just body control has been impeccable so far this season. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think everybody in Broncos country would agree with that being a game ball here. 
on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to give my game ball here to Russell Wilson. And we talk about for him, the Cortland being the benefactor of Russ. And, and obviously I think the trust and the relationship that these two guys have with one another, the chemistry, like we've seen it grow and bud even further here. Like last year, they, it was obvious that Russell Wilson trusted Cortland Sutton. They had a good connection, but I think it's amplified now a little bit more here in 2023 because Russell put it to a spot and Cortland's going to be there. That to me, I think is the exciting thing about this development here, but obviously for Russ playing as efficient as he did. And look, we addressed it in the post game report. A lot of Broncos fans are like all Russ does is check down the football. Here's the deal, folks. The thing is, is Minnesota, they were taking away the vertical and the intermediate crossing patterns there. And obviously with the, the amount of blitz pressure that they sent, I mean, what is Russ going to do? Is he going to stand there and throw it into double coverage and get torn apart by fans for throwing an interception? You take what the defense gives you, right? And I think some people say, well, he's a game manager. Folks, it's not necessarily the case, right? Any good quarterback, look how hard it is in today's NFL specifically, even with guys like Justin Herbert, even with Patrick Mahomes as of late, it is hard for quarterbacks just to do it all on their own. This isn't the, the time where we used to see Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and some of those really electrifying guys that we grew up in, and loved watching as kids where the NFL was so different. Those guys could actually take over games. It is hard to do it at the rate in which we used to see it in the NFL with how things are today. So for Russ, taking what the defense gives him, making the smart decision, and more importantly, Sarah, making the right decision has led to the Broncos going on a four-game win streak. Russell Wilson hasn't thrown an interception in the four-game stretch that the Broncos have won. He's got a really ridiculous touchdown efficiency at this point. Right now, Russell Wilson, he gets a game ball for me on the offensive side of the ball. And I think, you know, Broncos country, do you agree? Disagree? I, think, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what the, the thought and the reaction is here from Broncos country. He gets my game ball, but let's shift to the defensive side of the ball here, Sarah. When we take a look at this game, it wasn't pretty for the defense for a majority of this game. There was a lot of bleeding, but you know, the Broncos found a way to cauterize the wound and they stopped the bleeding. They held on for a victory and came up big when needed. Who gets your defensive game ball from Sunday's game? It's got to be the birthday boy, right? Justin Simmons. I mean, he he balled out on his 30th birthday there and that was that was fun to watch, Cody, because he it wasn't just the the pass breakups at the end of the game to TJ Hawkinson. It's all the different things that he does within the game. I made a specific note early on in the game. I think it was pretty early, first or second quarter, and I saw Riley Moss out there on the field, right? Getting I think his first defensive snaps of the season if memory serves yeah. me right. Other so uh, so what did I see? I see number 37 out there on the field and I see number 31 come up behind him, give him a little uh, tap on his back and, you know, point him in the right direction there. He's guiding the young player, putting him in a position to succeed. And and I think that you just see that all over the place with Justin Simmons and Jaquan McMillan making plays and, and all these young guys that are getting opportunities. Justin is there kind of leading and guiding the charge. He's the guy in the back end who's seeing everything. And then late in the game when the Broncos put him man up against TJ Hawkinson and they say, TJ Hawkinson is not going to get the Vikings in field goal range. Jay Sims, you go do your thing. Justin Simmons, he gets a birthday game ball after that performance against the Minnesota Vikings. Those PBUs in the fourth quarter, they were huge, 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 huge. And TJ's a big dude. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, in my opinion, outside of like the Kittles and the Kelseys, I feel like there's got to be a conversation where he's, he might be one of the best tight ends in the entire NFL. He's got to be in that. If it's, if those guys are one, a one B he's got to be one C in this conversation here. He's a very good piece to the Minnesota Vikings offense here. I'm going to give my defensive game ball here to Jaquan McMillan. Now, Sarah, three straight 
games with a takeaway or a forced turnover by Jaquan. Now, obviously, in that uh, Kansas City Chiefs game, interception on Patrick Mahomes, Buffalo Bills game, the strip, the fumble recovery there for him. In this game, he had a fumble recovery and an interception. Jaquan McMillan is playing such an integral role right now for Denver's defense. He's playing at a high level, instinctual, and that interception he had was huge. He reminds me so much, Sarah, of Chris Harris Jr., right? And I I hate comparing players, but when I watch him, and I watch that interception as well, and it's great because Tariqa was on the call. I go back to that Monday night football game. The Broncos come back against the Chargers. Chris Harris jumps the out route, returns it for a pick six. I almost thought the same thing was going to happen there. Jaquan obviously wishes he probably could have got into the end zone there, but Jaquan's been playing great football here. He's been a fantastic addition to Denver's defense. He gets my game ball. And then I think we got to give a little bit of an honorary shout out here. Big deal, Will Lutz, five for five on field goals. He's going to get our Broncos country locked on Broncos special teams player of the game. Riley Dixon also gets a good case for that. A 68-yard punt, very impressive there overall. But Broncos country, what are your game balls, offense, defense, and special teams? Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you comment it down below. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, interact with us on Twitter. Tell us your game ball picks at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Benninger. At Lockdown Broncos. One thing we are going to dive deep on here on today's episode of the show, though, after week 11, what does the state of the AFC West look like? Well, you're going to get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, is brought to you by our friends at the Game Time app. And if you've ever had a frustrating ticket buying experience, you know that there's some hassles that are involved. Game time, however, they come in and they alleviate any of those issues that you may have. They have last minute tickets. Flash deals, zone deals. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event that's going on in your area, whether it's sports, theater, music, comedy, whatever it may be. Plus, you get views from all the seats that you're going to attend at your event. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so that you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. If you're going to the Broncos-Browns game this upcoming Sunday at Empire Field of Mile High, you can see what your vantage point of the action is going to be inside the Game Time app. They have all-in prices which show your total upfront, so you know that you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And folks, this time of the year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it, but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings, and therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that is going on. In my experience, when I've used BetterHelp, I used it last season. I made a move from one area that I moved to Denver, made the full-time move, and I struggled a little bit with the transition between career, life balance, and I didn't have any tools. I didn't have any answers to figure out that solution. So I utilized BetterHelp, and my therapist helped me come up with strategies that makes things a little bit easier for me in my day-to-day with whatever I'm dealing with, especially anxiety, which is a very, very common thing for so many of us. BetterHelp was useful and helpful for me there. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, designed to be suited around your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't vibe well with your therapist, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. The Denver Broncos are moving on up in the AFC West after week 11, which can only mean one thing. The playoffs and discussion about the playoffs are real again in Broncos country. And we're going to talk all about the AFC West, what went down in week 11, which was a crucial turning point really probably for every team in the division. But before we talk about it, want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network where you know it's your team every day, free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as you can watch the show on YouTube for free. And we always appreciate if you subscribe, if you like, if you comment, For the algorithm, right, Cody? We love it when people jump in the comments section, especially after a victory. It's always fun in Broncos country. But thanks for rocking with us every single day. Win, lose, offseason, whatever it may be. We appreciate you, Broncos country. And let's talk about the AFC West because really uh, we're recording this, Cody, before the Monday night game where the Chiefs and Eagles are facing off. But there's a chance that the Broncos can complete the NFL's version of hitting for the cycle, right? I mean, you win your game and all the other division teams lose their games. But regardless of the Chiefs win or lose, the Broncos now, the most important thing from this weekend of development is that they have jumped into second place in the AFC West. And that's the big thing, right? And they're within two to three games. Let's say Kansas City, hypothetically, as we're recording this, we don't know, as you mentioned. But let's say Kansas City loses to the Eagles on Monday Night Football. All of a sudden, Denver's within two games of first place inside the AFC West. And Kansas City also has a little bit of a tough schedule. Denver has a chance to win some games and go on a run here, which, I mean, it makes things very, very interesting, right? But obviously, if we're focusing on this week, you take a look at other teams inside of the AFC West right now. The Los Angeles Chargers, who look at some point this season, the Broncos are going to play them two times, right? Which is weird in the span. I think in the next four weeks, Denver will play them in L.A. And then they'll obviously play them at home the last game before the season finale against the Las Vegas Raiders. Denver has an opportunity here. You talked about, I think, in the postgame report how Denver against the AFC, the record right now is not very good considering it. And I arguably, look, you look at their two wins, Buffalo and Kansas City. Okay, skewed it a little bit there. And we'll always go back to that. What if Denver won week one and week two against those two teams, the Raiders and the Commanders? Things would be a little bit more you know, exciting at this point. Uh, but Denver, early on in the season, they let some of those games get away from them. Now they're playing complementary football. They're playing. They're learning how to win, which I think is more important. And when you look at the the inverse here with the Los Angeles Chargers, we all know that they're a talented team, but they're continuing to find ways to lose games. I mean, Sarah, I don't know if you caught that game on Sunday against Green Bay, but they had a chance to drive downfield. They were trailing 23 to 20. Justin Herbert unloads a great pass to Quentin Johnston, who drops it. I mean, it would have been either a set it up for a game-tying field goal or they could have gone downfield. If he would have caught it, he could have ran and scored a touchdown. So if they're struggling with where they're at right now, and you get Brandon Staley fired up in a press conference talking about, I'm not changing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call the plays defensively. We believe in the scheme. But more importantly, on top of that, he kind of has a little bit of a meltdown there. And he says, we win and lose as a team. I, In my opinion, things are falling apart right now with the Los Angeles Chargers, despite how talented of a football team that they are. Yes, we did. We did watch that game over here at my house, Cody. And it's, I mean, what words can you really bring to the table to describe the Chargers these days? I mean, it's 
it's the same old. It's like deja vu every time you watch that team. And unfortunately, the thing that happened with Quentin Johnson there at the end of the game is exactly what you and I talked about. If any every dares remember at the NFL draft, we talked about the Chargers picking Quentin Johnson. Those drops were a big reason why we weren't really thinking like, man, that wasn't that that pick doesn't really necessarily scare me as a Broncos. You know, uh, regardless, Cody, they are melting down in Los Angeles right now. And Brandon Staley, I feel like has one foot out the door. You can usually tell when a coach starts getting snippy like that in the with the media <laughs> that they 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 know they've got a foot out the door, right? I mean, you can you can just feel it. And for him to talk the way that he did and say you can stop asking those questions and things like that, it just it does feel like the Chargers are in meltdown mode. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the Raiders who have already gone through their meltdown and they fired their coach. And I saw, I was watching the Miami-Las Vegas game as well. I saw after that game, Mike McDaniel sprinted over to Antonio Pierce. And I don't know what he said to him. I'd be interested. I'm, I might have to look it up. But I think Mike McDaniel, very impressed by the way that uh, Antonio Pierce is coaching that Raiders team right now because the Raiders kind of gave the Dolphins all they could handle. That team right now, to me, is the third best team in the AFC West. And all due respect to the Chargers, they just don't they they don't have it. They don't have the it factor. They're not closing games. They don't have the right leadership in place. I feel like the Raiders right now, they're galvanizing around each other, around this idea of, you know, Josh McDaniels was the wicked witch of the West and now he's gone and all these <laughs> sorts of things. The the Raiders are a much more inspired team right now, but the Broncos thankfully don't have to play them for a while. Until the regular season finale. And look, I, I wish we could get maybe like a glimpse or a preview in our head. Say, okay, hey, week 18, what does the situation look like for the Broncos and the Raiders? And how big is that matchup going to be, hypothetically? I mean, they're playing really good football. Obviously, we know their defense is super talented. Max Crosby, in my opinion, is the best defensive player in football right now in terms of his position and where he's at. And it's just incredible to see there. But... You know what? Like Denver right now with the Raiders losing and the Chargers losing, they jump up and they're in sole possession here of second inside of the AFC West. Broncos country, we're always eager for your thoughts as well. What do you think about the state of the AFC West where the Chiefs are at, the Chargers are at, the Raiders are at, how it all pertains to the Denver Broncos? Drop in the YouTube comments down below if you're listening wherever you get your podcast. Get in the conversation on social media at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger at Locked On Broncos. Now, while we take a look at the AFC West here, we're also going to take a look at the state of the AFC. What does the playoff picture look like after 11 weeks now that the Broncos are firmly inside the playoff hunt? You're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Today's Locked On Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook, and you can score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So, for example, on Sunday Night Football, if you placed a $5 bet for the Broncos to win on the money line, you woke up this morning with $150 in bonus bets because your team won. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. With the NBA season going on, NHL season going on, NFL season going on, it is an exciting time to get involved with FanDuel Sportsbook. The app is super easy to use, and they also have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, 
and more. And when we talk about props and spreads here, the Broncos are ahead right now as we talk about it at FanDuel Sportsbook. They are one and a half point home favorites against the Cleveland Browns coming up here in week 12. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. What does the AFC look like here for the Denver Broncos? How do they fit into the picture? And could it all come full circle here in the next couple of weeks? Just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. And shout out to all the everydayers out there here. Thanks for being a part of what we have going on here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day here. You know, Sarah, we've been taking a look at the state of the AFC for the last three weeks and, and seeing how the playoff picture is changing, how the, the outcomes of other games around the NFL are impacting the Broncos. Obviously, the Broncos having to win their games. And it's been crazy to see when you look at obviously seeds one through seven, you have your four division winners, you have the three wild cards. Denver is on the outside right now looking in. They're officially back into the in the hunt graphic, which I think that's what's something that Broncos fans have been looking for. But you look at seeds one through seven, you got the Chiefs at number one. The Ravens, obviously, they're on a little bit of a you know momentum swing right here. They're dealing with some injuries, obviously losing Mark Andrews for the year. How does that impact them going forward? The Jaguars at three, the Dolphins, and then you have the Browns, Texans, and Steelers in those wild card spots with the Browns just beating the Steelers over the weekend. Well, guess what? Now, the Denver Broncos, they play the Browns, and they play the Texans in the course of the next two weeks. So, Denver very well, if they can win this game on Sunday against Cleveland, they can go on, obviously, the next week and play the, the Texans and win. Denver's in the wild card at that point. They may even be in the wild card after this weekend if they win, and if the Texans lose. So, there's a lot of on the line here this week here for the Broncos. There is a lot on the line, obviously. You know, you got to go one game at a time at this point. Can't go too far ahead, but I do think you have to look at two weeks. Like, these next two weeks, of course, are of critical importance now. And we we say that every single week. The reason why is because the Broncos have already lost five games. So it's not like we're trying to just overhype their situation or anything. They've already lost five games, and therefore, every single week now, you have a new added level of importance and the Cleveland Browns, they somehow keep winning. I think they've won games with three different quarterbacks now this season. And the reason why is because they have arguably the best defense in the NFL. I've been watching those guys every single week as well, Cody, and they are scary on that side of the ball. I mean, I don't want to, I don't ever want to compare anybody to the 2015 Broncos, but they've got a no fly zone caliber secondary in Cleveland. So going to be a fascinating game. And, I mentioned this on the post game. You touched on it earlier. The Broncos are two and four against AFC opponents this season. They've got three victories against NFC teams. So what does that mean? That means you need to start winning the AFC games that you get placed in front of you. And you probably need to bat close to a thousand here, starting with Cleveland, starting with a game and matchup against Dorian Thompson Robinson, the rookie quarterback. Look, as good as Cleveland's defense is, you've got to take care of business at home against a young quarterback like that. Hopefully the Broncos can do it. But if they can win these next two games, Cody, we just saw how important it was for the Broncos to get to 500 overall in their record. How about now get to 500 in your AFC opponent record? You win these next two games. You take care of business against Cleveland and Houston. That not only puts you at four and four in the AFC, but it also gives you the head-to-head tiebreaker over two teams that are competing for those same exact spots that you are. This is a critical, critical juncture. As as much as winning against the Vikings meant, meant so much and the wins against Kansas City and Buffalo, those all stepping stones to getting to a point now to where you're almost playing playoff games every single week. 
we I think it's safe to say that this is the witching hour part of the Broncos schedule here where wins become I mean, we're lost to become wins. Wins become lost. I almost butchered that there. Thank you. You The the red zone thing, the jingle's been stuck in my head here. Sorry for butchering that, folks, but you get my point here. Well, you look at that, obviously, in terms of seeds one through seven there, but it's like, all right, hey, okay, where are the teams right now that are in the hunt? There's quite a bit here. If you look at seeds eight through 10, the Buffalo Bills, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Broncos firmly at that 10th spot, which is a rise from 14 where they were last week when we talked about this. Denver now owns the tiebreaker over Buffalo. Obviously, they got a win over the Jets over the weekend, but they also have a very, very tough schedule that's coming up themselves. So we'll see if Buffalo can sustain. It helps that Denver owns that tiebreaker, though, as you mentioned, as the race and the stretch for the wild card continues to build up a little bit. Then you look at seeds 11 through 16, Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, Jets, Titans, and Patriots. The Broncos play the Raiders. They play the Chargers twice, and they play the Patriots in the remaining part of their schedule here. Games that I think are very winnable for them. I mean, you look at it right now. If Denver takes care of business, those games, there's nine wins right there, right? But don't want to jump too far ahead. But also you look at the state of some of these teams behind them. I'm very curious to see what happens with Cincinnati. Obviously, the massive news, them losing Joe Burrow for the entire season, that's a big blow to their playoff hopes. And I was part of me was also thinking as well, like could we maybe see them fall off a little bit without it? I mean, it's tough when you lose a guy like Joe that offensive line Denver right now with the circumstances around the rest of the AFC, Sarah, they're firmly in the driver's seat about where they want to be, man. And I think that right there, the idea of that, I think that's very exciting to talk about. Yep. Just got to take care of business, right? The Broncos do. That's, that's the name of the game right now. It's, it's finding ways to win. And we talked about this as well in the post game, but it's important to repeat Cody, it doesn't matter how these wins look. It doesn't matter if anybody's really pleased or displeased with the way Russell Wilson is playing. If the Broncos are winning games, that, quite frankly, is all that matters. I know that's cliche to say, but look, this team has been losing for eight straight years almost. You know, it's it's time for the thing to turn around and however they have to do that. If it's playing more like a Big Ten team, if it's, do it, if it's you know, uh, not taking as many shots downfield, I don't care. And look, you've got the you've got a Big Ten team on deck, right? The Cleveland Browns. They are just like a Big Ten team right now, playing with tight defense, playing with a quarterback that needs to kind of, you know, be guided along in a way. So, hey, the Broncos being in a position to where late November and December games matter, that that's what a lot of fans wanted before the season and what a lot of people said when the Broncos are sitting there at one and five, how many comments did we see and how many tweets did we see, Cody, where people are saying, I don't know if I see another win on the schedule, right? I don't know if the Broncos can win any more games. And here we are. We're talking about meaningful games. So things have turned around. The Broncos are playing better. They've got a defense that can make the playoffs right now if they keep turning the ball over like this. And I think the offense as well, when they hit their stride, because I'm, I'm saying when, when they hit their stride, this team they might just start doing something big. So let's see what the Broncos can do. It starts with a big matchup against Cleveland, though, on Sunday. Mm, The stakes are higher. How cool is it, though, to be sitting here in November? We haven't been doing it. We haven't done this in a while. Like, this hasn't happened to us, I think, since we've been talking about the show. Maybe in 2019. Maybe 2019 was the year. Where we're talking about, hey, the Broncos are playing some meaningful games now. They have some meaningful games coming up. Everything matters at this point. 
it's been a while since we've been able to be in this position. So we're grateful to share this seat here with everybody in Broncos country. But with that said, Broncos country, we appreciate you for rocking with us. That'll do it for today's episode of the show. Now, for all you everydayers out there, here's what you can expect on tomorrow's episode of the show. Sarah and I, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about, okay, hey, the Broncos offense, they've been doing some good things, but what are some areas they have to do? Is it sustainable going forward? Where can they improve? What do the Broncos need to adjust on the defensive side? But we're going to take a look at some of the issues that could impact them from getting to where they want to be. You're going to get that on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.